Welcome to the Badass Reset Club, a special place where if you've lost your way, girl, we're here to help guide you back. Those club doors are opened up wide so we can discuss all things fitness, nutrition, body composition, hormones, menopause, beauty, headspace, and more. Hey there, my name's Heather. I'm a fitness expert, nutrition coach, autoimmune athlete, mom of three pretty cool kids, and married to one handsome firefighter. I started this club because after years of over-exercising, under-fueling, gaining weight, dealing with Hashimoto's disease, and experiencing hormones gone crazy, I knew there had to be a better way. So come on in, badass. Let's hit that reset together. Hey, hey, hey. We are here today to talk about something that comes up almost all the time when I am talking with people about what I do or just in the grocery store bumping into people. I think it's kind of funny that as a fitness instructor, as a nutrition coach, as a personal trainer, is just somebody who's been in this space for um, just about 15 years. It's just a funny thing that happens. And I was sharing this with my family recently. Like, When I tell someone what I do for a living, they immediately go into all of the things that they are not currently doing to better their health. They talk about what it is that they're doing to self-sabotage. They talk about how either they've gained weight or lost their mojo or whatever, but it's so wild. So most of you know uh, my husband is a firefighter. And I said to him, when you tell someone that you're a firefighter, they don't immediately go, oh, I really haven't checked my smoke detectors lately. Like they don't go down this path of what they haven't done in accordance with what you do. It's just something to me that's funny. And I can't think of many careers, jobs, things that people do where they come back with that self-sabotaging right away. And it happens nine times out of 10. Even if I just said, I'm, I'm in fitness, someone will say to me, oh, I should really get back to the gym. It's just funny. It's, it is what it is. But there is something also that happens all the time. And that's what today's show is about. We're going to be talking about fat loss. We're going to be talking about coming at it from a perspective of tracking macros. And this is going to be for whether you've been tracking for a long time or whether you're brand new, why would you track macros? How do you track macros? And the best place to start. So here we go with today's show. I cannot get over the fact that people will constantly get weight loss and fat loss mixed up. It's just, it's, it's what it is. It's how we approach it. It's how we think about it. So I know that 99% of the time when someone comes to me, whether it's a client or someone's just looking for some information about where to get started, I know that 99% of the time when they're saying weight loss, I know what that means. That's fat loss. Because let's be real, weight loss means hair, skin, tissue, water weight, your muscle mass, your brain matter. You know, I've had three concussions. 
I don't need to lose any more brain matter. I might want fat loss, but nope, I want to hold on to everything else. It's just an important part of our health. So fat loss, that's what we're talking about. And how do we get to fat loss? Well, we have to be in a deficit. So we have to be in a caloric deficit and that's all there is to it. It's not much more fancy than that. However, the nuances of how you get into fat loss can vary for people. It can vary depending on your energy, how much expenditure you have during the day. Are you pretty sedentary with your day? Are you on the go? How much fat loss are we talking? Your age, how much you sleep, like all of this comes into play when we're talking about how to approach fat loss and how it's going to be best effective for you. We know that macros work. Macros are a super fantastic way of just balancing your macronutrition. And when we talk about macros, we're talking specifically about the protein, carbohydrates, and fats, and how to create balance between those for your nutrition. People use macros for a variety of reasons. It's not just losing fat, but losing stubborn fat is part of the reason. When we track macros, when we are looking with a scientific background at what we're eating and how much of each of those food groups, we know that we can target stubborn fat. People will also do it for maintaining lean muscle. They'll come in at it for satiety and staying satiated during the day, for keeping your blood sugar at a nice steady level without spikes and crashes. And also it gives a plan and some accountability. So we know that for a lot of us, having something either on paper or in an app on our phone or someone that we're working with, just having accountability helps to adhere to a deficit because deficits are not fun. Nobody goes, yay, I get to eat less. <laughs> That's not fun for anybody. And usually when we start to think about a deficit, we get into the mindset of deprivation. The nice thing about macros is that you're not really depriving yourself. You may be in a deficit calorically, but you still can have all the foods. And I'm just going to say it right now. For as long as I know that macros have been around, the acronym um, I-I-F-Y-M, I think I got that right, if it fits in your macros, has been around. And that means that you aren't depriving yourself. So you can have desserts, you can have those things that you like, but you're working within a certain budget. So another thing, another way to look at it as you've got money in a bank account and how you're going to allocate those monies and what you're going to spend it on. It's really a food account. You've got calories and how are you going to spend them? What I don't love about if it fits your macros is that we can fill up our macros with numbers with not nourishing foods. So I can go and I can put in all the donuts until I'm out of room in my calories and in my macros. But if I'm not filling with, you know, life-giving, energetic, nutritious, dense food, I'm not really doing myself a favor for longevity. So I know that if I'm in a deficit, it means that I'm having a little bit less, but I also want to come at it from this perspective of how I fuel my body gives me energy. And we'll talk about some of the points too that will be important to know whether you're fueling correctly. Where do we start when we're tracking macros? 
What I recommend is spending an entire week, so starting from Monday, going all the way through Sunday, tracking everything, judgment-free, and not changing things. Eat the way that you eat from Monday to Sunday and write down everything. And that is the bites, the licks, the taste, the little things that you usually don't think count because they're not on a plate or you're sitting down to eat them. And what you want to do is you want to be super honest with yourself. Write it all down, including what you're drinking minus water. So alcohol is going to go on there, desserts, stuff that you do with a grab by in the kitchen. You're going to write that down. And at the end of the week, what you want to do is you want to look for trends. So trends in what do you like to eat? What do you typically eat? What's culturally um, something that's in your repertoire to eat? You'll see those things popping up. Do you eat the same things? Do you notice that you're having the same breakfasts? Are lunches the same? Do you go to the same restaurants and get the same meals? Look for those things. And then what you want to do is you want to just start looking for how much protein are you getting in those meals? And I don't need you to do any numbers, just get an idea, a ballpark. How much protein are you getting? Are you getting protein with every meal? And start to write those things down. Besides journaling what you're eating and drinking for a week, there's also important factors that you should include as well. And that is sleep. Are you sleeping through the night? Are you sleeping seven to eight hours? Is it disrupted? Are you having a hard time falling asleep? Do you wake up feeling groggy or do you wake up feeling pretty good? Write these things down. The next one is hydration. How much water are you drinking? Are you getting at least half your body weight in ounces of water? Notice that. Are you thirsty? Are you, um, if you're a woman who is menopause age, going through all of those changes, we start to lose that thirst. It's not quite as pronounced as it was before. And so pay attention if you're getting enough water. You'll also want to document your energy. So do you have those slumps in the late afternoon? Is it three o'clock and you're taking a face plant? Are you feeling pretty good during the day? Notice where the energy goes up, where it comes down. Notice how you feel when you get up in the morning. That's really important. And then if you're a lady who's still having a cycle, track that during the week. Where are you in your cycle? How is that feeling? Is it any different? And just notice. And the last thing that I want you to write down is libido. And all you need to know is, is it there? Is your libido there? If it's in the tank, then we're having energetics issues and That can be addressed with sometimes with food, sometimes with movement, and sometimes we need a little bit more. Notice how you feel in regards to libido. Not that you have to act on anything, but do you have a healthy libido? Just take note. And when the week is done, you're going to have some really eye-opening information if you're really writing down all of these things. Then what I would love for you to do is keep that journal going as you move forward with how you're working through this health journey. So how we're going to work through fat loss, because these are things you'll see trends over time, whether you're still cycling or not cycling anymore, you'll see trends with that over time. You'll see trends with your energy going up, being down. You'll see that start to show up at certain times of the month. And it also gives us, um, you know, with our sleep and with our libido, we can see maybe where we need some hormonal supplementation. So those are really important factors. 
That was the first thing that I want you to do, where to start. The second thing that I want you to do is to download a free app. There's so many. The top three that get used most are MyFitnessPal, Chronometer, and Macros First. Macros First is a newer one. It's got some um, features that the other two don't that I really like. I love that you can scan things. That That's available in the other apps, but they are paid for versions. So if you're going for a free version, they're all good. They will all do the job. But what you want to do is you want to download the app and you want to start prioritizing your protein. So ideally, if you are looking at your ideal body weight, let's say, is 130, 140, 150, 160, you're going to shoot for building your protein up. And eventually you want your protein to match close to one pound, uh, one gram, I should say, of protein to your one pound. So if you are 150, or that's your ideal target, you're going to look for 150 grams of protein. Now, do you do that out of the gate? No, you don't. You slowly build and get used to it. The RDA, the recommended dietary allowance, suggests that women get 0.8 grams per kilogram. And if we break that down and change it into pounds, if I'm 135 pounds, That means the RDA is telling me that I need to have 49 grams of protein a day. And I'm just telling you for my lifestyle, for my, for my hormones, for where I am in life, 49 grams is not going to get me anywhere. So we know that the RDA can have that statement, but that statement has also been around for a long, long time. And it's time that we start to listen more to science and what is helping women to thrive, especially women who are 40 and older, starting to go through perimenopause changes into menopause, postmenopause. We need to build muscle mass because we're losing it. So the protein is an essential. It's key. When we are looking at how do we start to build up the protein, what I recommend is that you get yourself to about 100 grams and stay there for a few days, maybe three, four days. If you're feeling good on 100 grams and you're noticing the energy is starting to shift and you're feeling good with your digestive system, then you're ready to add a little bit more. If, however, you have built up more protein than you're used to getting and your digestion is slowing down, that is a big red flag for get more fiber. So pay attention to the fiber. Ladies, we need 25 grams of fiber. And if we are menopause and older, post-menopause, then you're going to need more close to 30 grams of fiber a day. So getting more fiber is going to help to start to assimilate and digest that protein. When we start to build that protein, you're staying at a slow pace until you're at the ideal protein. And then what you're going to do is you're going to figure out your calories and you're going to start to put together the rest of the macros. So really basic way of looking at this. If you are someone who is somewhat active, you're going to take your current weight and you're going to multiply it by 11 or 12. And that's going to give you a caloric number. And where I want you to start with tracking your macros is to take that number of calories, and then you're going to take your 
weight in protein grams. So let's say I'm 150 pounds. I'm going to multiply 150 times 11 or 12 if I'm somewhat active. If I'm more active, if I'm on the go and I've got a job where I'm moving and um, on my feet a lot and just busier or I'm working out a lot, then I'm going to multiply that by 13 or 14 to get my calories. Okay, so you're going to get your calories and then you're also going to get your protein grams. And that's where I want you to start. It gets a little more complicated after that when we figure out the fat and the carbohydrates. But knowing that you need to spend just a little bit of time building up those protein numbers is really important. And one of the biggest controversies in nutrition today is how much protein does a woman need? And we know that that RDA of 0.8, it's not optimal. It's not optimal for health or metabolism. There's so much science now to know that we need more. So getting those baby steps of how to start building and getting that number up higher and higher is where you start. The third piece of this puzzle, and I'm going to send you to my website to heatheryanceyfitness.com, and there you can print out, um, you can download and print out all of the information of how to fill in your fat and your carbohydrates. This is something that macros, they're not magic, but they do work. And they're also devised to be temporary. So we don't want to be tracking macros or be in a deficit forever because we'll start to get, you can get a little bit frustrated with the process. It is simple and it is not simple at the same time. It's just like going to the gym and doing bicep curls. You got to put the reps in until you start finally seeing that muscle come through. And so once you have all of your macros, you might think to yourself, great, I'm golden. Now I'm set and fat's going to come flying off me. (laughs) And that's not always the case either. Sometimes your macros need to be adjusted, but most of the time you need to just allow them time to work. So I've worked with women in the past who will say, oh, well, I have this wedding coming. Can you just drop my macros? Can you just put me into a bigger deficit? And no, (laughs) that's not good for your metabolism. It's not good for you. It's not going to work out well. Sometimes you even need to go into a reverse diet before you start macros. Sometimes you need to have more fuel and then shave back. So we know that deficits are temporary. I would not keep clients in a significant deficit for long. It can be a small deficit where we're seeing change over time. And that's much more sustainable to hold on to. Then once you've done the first part of this, the second part of this, the third part of this, and you have all your macros and you've settled in, allow yourself at least four weeks for when you first set them. Give yourself four weeks to see what's changing. How do you know if something's changing? I wouldn't go by the scale alone. The scale is a fickle, fickle lady. And I think it's more important to take pictures to document your journey so that you can see changes over time. You definitely are going to be your most, your hardest critic. So if you take pictures and you see yourself changing month after month after month where you didn't see that just looking in the mirror, but you can see it in a picture, you can see it on your back, you can see it when you turn to the side, you can see it when you're flexing your muscle, that's going to be indicative for you. 
But another great way is to have a measuring tape and do your waist, do your waist to hip ratio. Have those measurements. Look at your chest, look at your legs, look at your arms, what's changing there over time. The waist is the surest form of showing fat loss. If you get stuck and nothing's moving at all after four weeks at all, then you need to look at some other factors. Those factors we talked about before. Is your sleep any better? Is your energy any better? How's your digestion? How's the libido? Is anything different with your cycle? All of those things are really important to look at. If nothing changes with any of those, then yes, you are ready to move your numbers and to adjust. Keep your protein elevated. Keep your protein as close as you can to your body weight. And then for women who are postmenopausal, you're going to want to have higher fat and lower carbohydrates for most of us. Sometimes there is a woman who doesn't feel well when she's eating that way. But for the majority, we need a little less carb. We still need them. I'm not getting rid of them, but we need a little less carb than when we were younger. If you are a younger gal and you're figuring out things that aren't budging, then you want to drop the fat a little bit, have an increased number of carbs. And it's not, um, it's not set in stone. So your macros should change over time. You want to give it a nice go, see how things change. But when you lose weight, if you drop five pounds on the scale or you have significant fat loss show up, then it's time to change those macros again, because you're really looking at your body weight or your ideal body weight when you're doing them. Those three things are going to really help you to get out the door and going in the fat loss journey. And when you're looking to go further with it, how long should you stay in things? I have some clients that stay for a lot longer than they anticipated. And I have some that zoom right through it because we don't know how our bodies are going to respond. We're so beautifully made and we're so individual that you can't put a timestamp on it. Just know that it works. You're going to start with the looking at what you're doing for a week, all of those important things that you're looking at. And then you're going to get an app and you're going to start with getting protein and working your way up slowly to that number, to your body weight number. And then you're going to factor in the calories with the protein, download the app, uh, or sorry, download my freebie that I've put together for you from my website. And I'll also include that in the show notes. And that will give you all you need to get going. Sometimes people need a little more accountability. And that's where I step in or other coaches step in just to help people to make sure that they're doing it right, that they're feeling well, and that they know where and when it's time to change. And that is the first big thing that you can do to get to fat loss. And I hope that's helpful for you. Of course, we want to add movement into it. Of course, we want to add in building muscle. That is such an important piece of this. But when you're talking about just strictly a nutrition standpoint, how can you start to initiate fat loss? How can you track it? Where do you start? This is the best way to go. And that is what I have for you today. I hope that that gave you some insight. It gave you some clarity of just how to get going. Don't overcomplicate it. I'll break down more about macros in a future episode. We'll talk lots about all the 
ins and outs of what to do when you're on vacations, how you handle tracking when you've got some special events. And to be honest, it's not a lot of fun to be on vacation and be tracking. So there are other ways that you can attack fat loss, maintenance, and even a build. So more episodes to come. If you learned something new today, make sure to share it with somebody or rate and review. That is so epic of you. Stay badass, stay well, and I'll see you again. Well, there you have it. One step closer to feeling strong, confident, and inspired to take care of you again. And you know what's even more badass? Sharing this with a gal pal that might need a little fist pump in her life. If you got some inspo from this episode, I'd be honored if you took a screenshot for your social and tagged me at Coach Heather Yancey so I can send you a personal thank you. And please know that if you could take a minute to rate and review the show, it helps get this podcast to more people. And that's super badass. And finally, if you haven't joined the Badass Reset Club on Facebook, what are you waiting for? I'll see you over there and go get them.